Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be breaking down Team Spaceballs, the FFT. Spaceballs is a team that was drafted by Rowdy. I don't want to say rest in peace because he's a real dick. Good riddance. And uh, so with that in mind, Spaceballs inherited quite the good team. He then went into an expansion draft with Little Slads. You know, obviously both of those teams are looking pretty good right now um, just due to the, the remixing that went along there. So we're going to talk about Rowdy's Veterans Draft to start. And Rowdy had 26 picks in the Veterans Draft. He currently, or Spaceballs, is carrying over 11 of those here. So in the 102 position, that is where Rowdy was drafting from, he took Ezekiel Elliott. And then in the 211, took George Kittle. 404, so he skipped around. Deshaun Watson. And then in the 411, Devontae Freeman. All four of those guys are on Spaceballs roster. At the 502, then we got Tyreek Hill. 608, Allen Robinson. And 702, Tyler Boyd. That's a great start. Yeah. Beyond Devontae Freeman, that's a great start. It's a really good roster. 705, then we even had Kareem Hunt come in there. 902, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Trash. 912, Golden Tate. 1011, Jared Cook. And then 1102, Traquan Smith. 1105, Emmanuel Sanders. Three straight Saints right there. 1211, Jalen Smith. 1302, Duke Johnson. And the 1411, Demarcus Lawrence. Then in the 15th, in the 15-12, we took Buda Baker, 16-11, Drew Brees, 17-02, Jared Davis. Don't know who that is. Drew Brees in the 16th round is great value. Yeah, I know. It was just his age that really drove him down. 17-02 again was Jared Davis. 18-11, Tyron Matthew. 19-02 is D Ford. 20-08, Justin Tucker is kicker. Best kicker in the league. Yep, in the 20th. 20-11 then, Marquise Lee, 21.02, Greg Olson, 24.11, Doug Martin, and then the 25.02, Brashad Perriman. Man, Perriman in the 25th round is kind of a steal, even though he's not on the roster anymore. So then looking at his rookies, he had five rookies. He actually traded up to get another first. He really had his eyes on Paris Campbell. So 102, he took David Montgomery because he was not able to get Josh Jacobs, who was taken by Sterk. Uh, the 111 then was Paris Campbell in a trade for Ryan's first. The 211 uh, was Devin White. 302 was Daniel Jones. And the 411 was Jalen Hurd. So he only has two of his five drafted rookies still on the team. Looking at his depth chart with the quarterbacks, Spaceballs has 
a really, really good trio in Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, and Ben Roethlisberger. All those guys can probably put up 20-plus points on a given week. Mitch Trubisky, then, is the quarterback for... Deshaun Watson is an elite, both MVP candidate and fantasy football QB. and He's yep. pretty much a must-start every week, and other two guys will give him some good depth. Now, I'm curious what's going to happen this year with Deshaun Watson, knowing that he lost his number one target in DeAndre Hopkins. Is this going to result in more running of the ball for Deshaun Watson? Or is it just going to result in more airing it out? And I don't know if his touchdowns are going to be on the regression or not. I think they got enough um, depth and speed at wide receiver that he will still have a really good year. Looking at the running backs that Spaceball has, he's got Ezekiel Elliott, but here's kind of where it drops off. So you have a top-tier running back, and then his running back two is Mark Ingram, who has a very, very limited shelf life here because he's on the other side of 30, and they just drafted a running back. Even with him being as good as he was last year, um, we'll kind of see what happens with him moving forward and how much they scheme him out of that system, because I think it's just a matter of time. He also has Tony Pollard as his handcuff for Zeke. Duke Johnson, who is a pass-catching back with the Houston Texans. Darrington Evans, pass-catching rookie with the Titans. Anything happens to Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans is going to be a horse. So that would be interesting. Joshua Kelly, who me as a Chargers fan, I hate to admit it because I love Justin Jackson. I think Joshua Kelly has a chance to get those early down rushes um, because he's a big, like, stereotypical running back in size. He, and he's already been impressing in camp. So that's a really good option there. Jamal Williams as well, the the what now third string running back with the Packers. Uh, Jalen Richard, who is a pass catching running back with the Las Vegas Raiders. DJ Dallas, who is a running back drafted from the Seattle Seahawks. Devontae Freeman, I still think it's smart to hang on to him right now because with COVID, you know, he might be on number one on the hotline if there's some team that needs running back help. And then Jermichael Hasty. Any names on that list stick out to you? Yeah, I, Tony Pollard is the top handcuff with Zeke. There's a couple games that Tony Pollard went off, even just being the backup to Zeke. So anything happens to Zeke, that's a great spot. Duke Johnson and Darrington Evans are great backup options. And the rest of the guys are just flyers. Um, I do like keeping Devontae Freeman for now. I mean, if he goes into the season without with him still on his roster... That might be a little bit of an issue, but I and I, as much as I love Jamal Williams and as fun of a guy he is, he's not a great NFL running back. And I think after this year, this is probably his last year at the Packers. For drafting AJ Dillon, I don't see many snaps from Jamal Williams. Looking at his wide receivers now, he's got a lot of intriguing names as well. Allen Robinson is his wide receiver one. Could have been Tyreek Hill if he would have kept him, but uh, Allen Robinson and Tyler Boyd. And he's got Marquise Hollywood Brown, Marvin Jones Jr., Golden Tate, Brandon Ayuk, who we just drafted this year in the second, in the middle, Emmanuel Sanders, John Ross, and then Josh Gordon, who is not on the team. We'll see what happens in that area. Any names stick out there? He's got a lot of good starting quality wide receivers. Um, up to like John Ross, who's a flyer with all the in injuries. All of those guys that you just mentioned are all starters and all have boomer bust potential any given week. Um, Allen Robinson and Boyd are probably must starts, and all the rest of the guys are very good quality options. Beyond Josh Gordon, who we'll see about where he's at. For tight end, he's got a top tier tight end and then a really good tight end on his depth. So he's got George Kittle, 
easily the number one tight end in Dynasty, just got paid, should be a franchise piece for Spaceballs moving forward. And then he's got Hunter Henry with the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know what's going to happen, even myself, if he's going to be with the Chargers long term or not. It's not a franchise tag right now. He's a really good tight end, though. Uh, And then we also got Kyle Rudolph with the Minnesota Vikings. Thoughts on those? I think in one of my comments later, I I think I put that this could be the top tight end group in uh, fantasy in our league right now because both Hunter Henry and George Kittle are everyday starters, and Kyle Rudolph, if someone gets hurt, is a potential starter. Um, I just don't see him as being as big as the other two guys. That's a really good tight end room. And then kicker's got Justin Tucker. You already made mention he's probably the best kicker in the NFL. 100%, yep. Looking at his IDPs, then, he's got Frank Clark in the defensive line. Frank Clark. Then we have Melvin Ingram, who is holding in. So we've heard, like, hold out before. Well, you can't do that anymore with a collective bargaining agreement. Otherwise, it doesn't count as a contracted year. So what players are doing, and he's, like, the third player to now do this, they're coming to camp because they're required to be there. But they're literally not practicing. Like he, they showed this on Hard Knocks too. He's just sitting there with like a like a hoodie on, just chilling and talking to all the guys. And it's funny because all these guys around him, Malvin Ingram was a complete hoot in episode one of Hard Knocks. They're just all buddy buddy with him, and he's just chilling there, like not practicing at all. He wants a new contract, so he's an outstanding defensive player with the Chargers, just like everybody. Uh, then he's got Quinn and Williams, who just got his braces off. So, congrats. <laughs> uh, he was one of the Jets' top picks there last year in the rookie draft. And uh, Quinnen Williams is coming off of the taxi for Spaceballs. Linebackers, then he's got Devin White, who had a really, really good year with Tampa. Todd Davis with the Denver Broncos, uh, who we just saw actually got taken off on a cart at practice today with Denver Broncos. Didn't sound like it was an Achilles, which is what people were speculating. Uh, but we'll have to keep a close eye on Todd Davis and see what happened. Could be an IR type guy. Christian Kirk C. So there's Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk C, the linebacker with the Green Bay Packers now. And then to here, Whitehead. Defensive backs, he's got Landon Collins, top tier, I would say, defensive back in dynasty scoring. Uh, Kyle Fuller with Chicago, and then Jeff Okuda with the Detroit Lions. Any of those IDPs stick out to you? Melvin Ingram is a great player. As long as he um, gets his contract or decides to play this year, he's pretty much a must-start every week. Um, I really like Devin White. Um, I know he was inherited Devin White, uh, being the top rookie drafted last year, but he is a really, really solid player. And I think Kirksey and Todd Davis could be some great linebackers in that extra flex spot. Landon Collins is a great player, um, and Kyle Furler could be a good backup option for him i think okuda's spot is probably the taxi this year um being the number three overall pick to the lions looking at some of his picks then for next year he's going to have a first second third fifth and sixth and then for 2022 and 23 he has one through six for both of those years as of this moment Spaceballs will be required to cut five people on his team so like always we're going to go through who we would recommend or kind of mention to be cut uh, my first one is Quinnen Williams with the Jets, even though he was a rookie last year. You know, I originally this year, I was going to take Derek Brown and stash him on my taxi. But, like, you got those big guys up front for defensive line, defensive tackles. Typically, they don't really do much for fantasy. 
So, uh, like, Quinnen Williams, I think he has two other solid defensive linemen in Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram. Don't know if he necessarily needs to cut him, but it's just an option he could look at. I got Trubisky, Trash Bisky on here, whatever you want to call him. Um, if he's named the starting quarterback, though, for Chicago, that makes the situation a little bit more interesting, even though he's not a good quarterback. I don't think that matters. He's got three good quarterbacks, and Mitchell Tr- Trash Bisky, even if he is a starter, I think Foles will eventually take that job, so I, I don't think he's rosterable. Uh, Christian Kirksey I put on here as well. I know he's with Green Bay, uh, and he's going to be a starting linebacker, but I think he has two other like really solid linebackers. We'll see what happens with Todd Davis. You know, I could switch this name to Todd Davis very easily, um, or it wouldn't be anybody at all if we just throw Todd Davis on the IR if something happens severe. Uh, Tahir Whitehead I have on my cut list as well. And then I also have Jermichael Hasty on my cut list. He's currently on Spaceballs' as taxi, but I think Jeff Okuda being on his active roster is not necessarily a decision that needs to happen right now. I would rather have Jeff Okuda on my taxi because he's a cornerback. We can see what he does in year one, if anything, and I'm just taking a risk on him. Like, Hasty, it's either going to be Okuda or Hasty. It's going to be his decision of who does he want. I, I agree with you on pretty much all these cuts. Um, Cornyn and Whitehead, um, easily, he's got a little bit too many IDPs. And as long as Melvin Ingram opts into the season, um, at he doesn't need Quinnen. Um, Whitehead's just an extra linebacker he doesn't need as long as Todd Davis is healthy. Uh, I think, yeah, Hasty is a good cut if you throw Akuda on the taxi just to throw one guy in his um, lineup. We definitely agree on Trash Bisky. Um, he does not deserve to be in a roster at this point, I don't believe. And then my last one, instead of Christian Kirksey, which I think is going to have a pretty solid year as long as he stays injury-free with the Packers, um, I, I think Josh Gordon at this point is probably not a good guy for the roster. And I know we've said that we should probably keep Antonio Brown for in other podcasts and Devontae Freeman another, but I don't know how effective Josh Gordon is going to be because as much as I love him and recognize all the struggles that he's gone through, he plays a game or two, has a big touchdown, and that's it. And then he goes back on either um, leaving the team or gets suspended or something along those lines. He has all the talent in the world, and I love the guy, but I, I just don't think he's a fantasy rosterable guy at this point. To be honest, I can't really make a decision until I see where he ends up, if anywhere. And, you know, he has all the talent in the world. Would be interesting, but this is what I think is going to happen. If he cuts Josh Gordon, I can guarantee there's going to be a couple le- people in our league that are going to put bids in for him. So it's just a matter of does he want, is he okay with taking that hit if he would get rid of him and then all of a sudden, you know, he's rostered and, and he produces? Or does he want to just kind of take a risk and make a cut elsewhere? Yeah, I can, I can understand wanting to roster Gordon, and I can definitely believe that people would try to go get him. Maybe he tries to go offer him for like a sixth or something, but I, I just, I, I, in my personal opinion, I would not roster him at this point. We're going to be right back to talk about some commentary about Spaceballs' team. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We're past that. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. I believe that Rowdy left him with a great team. Regardless of the expansion draft, he has a franchise quarterback. He has the number one tight end in Dynasty. 
He has a bell cow running back. Those are three outstanding pieces. The only area he doesn't really have one person that sticks out over the rest would be wide receiver. Allen Robinson is very good. So that's why I don't think it's necessarily a problem because he still has some really good options there in the wideouts. Um, we just talked about Josh Gordon. Um, I, I, I don't know if he's rosterable at this point. Um, it uh, For me, in my eyes, it's more of a hope and a fantasy prayer at this point because he and he also has a bunch of solid receivers ahead of them that I, I don't I think that he's pretty set at wide receiver at this point. Beyond having like a true number one wide receiver type guy, which Allen Robinson's a very solid guy. I don't know if he's like your franchise wide receiver for fantasy at this point. Now, me personally, I would look in dangling Hunter Henry for trade. The reason I say this is because he has the number one tight end in Dynasty. I know that Derek, or I know that Hunter Henry would be a nice option for you know filling in on buys, and then if Kittle would ever get injured, but tight end is such a valuable, like a vulnerable position that he could get something pretty solid, I think, for Hunter Henry that could help him in other positions that are more important that you start multiple people. He's going to start George Kittle every single week. I don't think there would be any situation in which he doesn't start him if he's not on by and he's not injured. So that's my kind of idea behind why I believe he could dangle Hunter Henry and get something nice back for him. And that's what and my next point is that he could be that he could have the top tight end group in the entire league cuz he's got the number 1 tight end. He's got another top 10 tight end and then he's got another starter in Kyle Rudolph. And that's why if he dangles um, Hunter Henry in trade offers, he could still have Kyle Rudolph for the week or two that Kittle is either on by or hurt if potentially that it happens. I'm going to call his biggest expansion draft losses to be David Montgomery, who is a young running back. I know he didn't have the best year last year with a lot of hype. And then Tyreek Hill, I think that was kind of a big mistake. Um, I believe he kept Devontae Freeman. Tyreek is that one, he's their franchise receiver, and that would have been the spot. If you have Tyreek and Allen Robinson starting every week alongside of Watson and Kittle and Zeke, that's a stacked yeah, team. Yeah, he would definitely be competing for a title this year. I would 100% say that. I'm, interesting, I'm interested what his team would look like if he had the following starting lineup on a regular basis with Deshaun Watson, Zeke, and David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, and Allen Robinson. George Kittle, and then whoever else he sprinkles in his flex. Oh, man. That's that's scary to think about. Um, we've already talked about this. He does not need Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> at this point. I, I will say it again before the end of this podcast. He does not need Mitchell Trubisky at this point, and I will keep saying it until it until it, it happens. Uh, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones gets it done when he's healthy. And I think a lot of people look at him in the backseat of Kenny Galladay. Uh, they actually put up very similar numbers last year, even with Jones being hurt. So Marvin Jones is a very athletic, even for his age, wide receiver, and I like that option off the bench for Spaceballs. I, yeah, I definitely agree. He, he's impressed me in the few games that I've seen him play. Uh, I just thought this was kind of ironic. He has Mark Ingram the second and Melvin Ingram the third. Um, we don't see many people with uh, the second or the third and, um, Norman numerals on their jerseys, and it's just crazy that they both are M. Ingrams on, the, on that <laughs> team. I just thought it was kind of unique. I think he has some young wide receivers that if he really desired to package them together, I think he could package them and end up getting one of those top-tier wide receivers. But he does have a lot of good depth, so it's just a matter of do I want to deplenish that depth to get some of that 
like a top tier guy, or am I okay with just having good wide receivers? Uh, his taxi squad is pretty is pretty good. Um, we talked about maybe switching Hasty for Okuda, um, but when you have DJ Dallas, Josh Kelly, and Darrington Evans on that, any of those guys, if, if enough injuries happen or if they get their op- opportunities, those guys could be some solid uh, pieces going forward, especially Darrington Evans for sure. Um, we, you just got to hope that one of those rookie running backs hits uh, because he needs them to hit. I think that he should, as you just mentioned, look to upgrade his running back too, or even just simply his running back depth. Now, it's just a matter of how can he do it. He's going to have to be a bit creative to think about how can I go ahead and improve that because Mark Ingram might be left for dead after the season. That's going to leave a huge gaping hole after Zeke. Pollard is, like we already talked about, he's probably the top handcuff in the NFL right now. If anything at all happens to Zeke, Pollard's there. And Pollard still had some games where he went off last year, even with Zeke there. I think that's a really good spot to have him there. Um, but at the same time, he's also his top bench option for running back. So that's why we're talking about where he might need to go get some more depth at running back. Yeah, and to be honest, he got Tony Pollard from me. I got him from Tyler, and Tyler got him from someone else. <laughs> so uh, he clapped me in that trade. I should have gotten way more than a fourth. And Preston Williams, I probably should have been looking at like a second just because he's a top three valuable handcuff in the, in football. Daniel Jones is an outstanding backup for Spaceballs. He has high potential, and he can run the ball. He has some really intriguing options, including Saquon, out of the backfield. Uh, and I think Daniel Jones is going to be a great quarterback. I don't know about elite quarterback, but definitely one that's good for fantasy football. We both mentioned that we love Allen Robinson. He's a stud. Regardless of who his quarterback is, Imagine this. Before he tore his ACL, he had Blake Bortles as his quarterback. He has had Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback for two years now. His quarterback may either be Trubisky again or Nick Foles. Regardless of who his quarterback is, he gets it done. Last year, he was the wide receiver seven on the year. He is a beast. Another thing I wanted to quickly mention about Spaceballs is he's in kind of a predicament. So he got Marquise Brown uh, last year. He actually got Marquise Brown in the expansion draft. The question I have for Spaceballs is, does he want to hold on to Marquise Brown and hope that he completely breaks out? Or would he potentially want to capitalize on that crazy high potential he has and maybe help himself in the running back core? I think either him or Ayuk with that crazy potential this year could be used to package to go get another running back. We're going to be right back to talk about Spaceballs, actually Rowdy's 2019 season. Oh, your helmet is so big. Lord Helmet, what? You need it on the bridge, sir. Knock on my door. Knock next time. Yes, sir. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. Rowdy made the playoffs, and he was a number three seed. Uh, he went eight and five on the year. So let's look at how he got there. It included two three-game win streaks. He only had one two-game losing streak. In week one, Rowdy played against Will and lost by 67 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watts with 36.7, and Will's was Tom Brady with 31.6 moving Rowdy to 0-1. In week two, Rowdy lost to Ryan by 59. And Rowdy's leading scorer was Tyler Boyd with 22.2. Ryan's leading scorer was Lamar Jackson with 34.8. 
moving Rowdy to 0-2. How does he even recover after these two big blowouts to start the year? Week 3, he beats Jake by 11 points. Deshaun Watson was his leading scorer with 31.8. Jake's leading scorer was T.Y. Hilton with 21.5, moving Rowdy to 1-2. and In Week 4, Rowdy played against Andy, and she told him to shut your bitch ass up and beat him by 50. <laughs> Rowdy's leading scorer was Devontae Friedman with 18 points. Andy's leading scorer was Christian McCaffrey with 34.9, and Rowdy moved to 1-3. and three. In week five, Rowdy played against Garrett and beat him by 62 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 51.7. Garrett's leading scorer was Chris Godwin with 31.5. Rowdy moved to 2-3. and three. In week six, Rowdy played against Tyler and beat him by 1.8. Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 31.4. Tyler's leading scorer was Matt Ryan with 38.9, and Rowdy moved to 3-3. Three and three. <clears throat> In Week 7, Rowdy beat me by 30 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Ezekiel Elliott with 26.7. My leading scorer was Saquon Barkley with 17. Rowdy moved to 4-3. and three. In Week 8, Rowdy played against Randy and lost to him by 40 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 33.7. Randy's leading scorer was Mike Evans with 42.8. Rowdy moved to 4 and 4. In week 9, Rowdy played against Danny and beat him by 34 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Tyreek Hill with 26.5. Danny's leading scorer was Noah Fant with 20.5. Rowdy moved to 5 and 4. In week 10, Rowdy played against Justin and lost to him by 59 points. So Rowdy's leading scorer was Tyreek Hill with 33. Justin's leading scorer was Christian Kirk with 37.8. Rowdy moved to 5 and 5. And then he ends on a three-game win streak to save his playoff hopes. In week 11, he beats Michael by 10 points. Drew Brees was his leading scorer with 27.1. Michael's leading scorer was John Brown with 34.7, moving Rowdy to 6 and 5. In week 12, Rowdy beat Will by 37 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was once again Drew Brees with 28.4. Will's leading scorer was Derrick Henry with 29.5. Rowdy moved to 7-5. In week 13, Rowdy played against Ryan and beat him by 4 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Allen Robinson with 22.6. Ryan's leading scorer was Devontae Adams with 24.4. Rowdy ended the year at 8-5 and, and took the 3 seed when things were looking dark after week 10. In the first week of the playoffs, Rowdy played against Justin and beat him by 54 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 30 points. And Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 19.46. That ain't going to get it done. Rowdy moved to the semifinals against Randy and lost to Randy by 17.5. Rowdy's leading scorer was Ezekiel Elliott with 31. And Randy's leading scorer was Julio Jones with 38.4. He was eliminated from the playoffs. However, still played against Will in the third place matchup. He beat Will by 27 points. Rowdy's leading scorer was Tyler Boyd with 33.8, and Will's leading scorer was Michael Thomas with 31.6. So Rowdy left our league in third place. We're going to be right back to talk about 2020 season for Spaceballs. Sir, what? Are we being too literal? No, you fool. We're following orders. We were told to comb the desert, so we're combing it. 
Nothing yet! Nothing yet, sir! How about you? Not a thing, sir! What about you guys? We ain't found shit! Let's talk about Spaceballs 2020 season. In week one, Spaceballs plays against Logan. Sleeper is projecting him to lose by 16.6. Looking at Spaceballs' regular, wa regular roster, we have Deshaun Watson, Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Tyler Boyd, Allen Robinson, George Kittle, Marquise Brown, and Marvin Jones. On my side in the flex, I have A.J. Green and Ronald Jones. After this matchup, Steve slash Spaceballs would move to 0-1. In week two, Spaceballs plays against Will, and Sleeper is projecting him to lose by 5.3. Steve would have Ben Roethlisberger in the quarterback position. In the flex, Hunter Henry and Marquise Brown. On Will's side in the flex, he's got DK Metcalf and James White. After this matchup, Spaceballs would move to 0-2. In week three, Spaceballs is playing against Sterk, and Sleeper is projecting Spaceballs to win by 12.4. In the flex, Spaceballs has Golden Tate and Marquise Brown. On Sterk's end, he has Melvin Gordon and David Johnson. After this matchup, Spaceballs would move to 1-2. and two. In week four, Spaceballs is playing against Danny. Sleeper is projecting him to win by 8.2. In the flex, Spaceballs has Marquise Brown and Brandon Ayuk. On the flex for Danny, Raheem Mostert, and Matt Breida. After this matchup, Spaceballs will move to 2-2. Two and two. In week 5, Spaceballs is playing against Tyler, and Sleeper's projecting him to win by 36.2. Tyler does not have a kicker this week. On Spaceballs and in the flex, he's got Hunter Henry uh, again with Tyler Boyd. And then Tyler has Tyrell Williams and C.D. Lamb. This is the first bye week. The Lions and Packers are on bye. And Spaceballs will be without Jamal Williams, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirksey, and Jeff Okuda. After this matchup, Spaceballs would move to 3-2. and two. In week 6, Spaceballs is going up against Andy. There are four teams on bye, the Raiders, Saints, Patriots, and Seahawks. Two players on bye for Spaceball, both pretty irrelevant, Jalen Richard and Emmanuel Sanders. Sleeper is projecting that Spaceballs wins by 26.8. In Andy's flex, she has Justin Jefferson and Curtis Samuel. And in Spaceballs flex, he has Hunter Henry and Tyler Boyd. After this matchup, Spaceballs moves to 4-2. and two. In week 7, Spaceballs is playing against Randy. There are four teams on by, the Colts, Vikings, Jaguars and Titans. Only one player on bye for Spaceballs, Kyle Rudolph. Sleepers projecting that Spaceballs wins by 2.1 points against Randy. In Randy's flex, he's got Julio Jones and Blake Jarwin. On Spaceballs' end, he's got Daniel Jones in the quarterback, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones in the flex. With this being said, Spaceballs would move to 5-2. and two. I'm going to toss over to Justin for Week 8. In week eight, Spaceballs does not have a kicker and is projected to lose by five to Michael, 155.6 to 150.5. If he has a kicker, I think Spaceballs might win this one. But he also has quite a few players on bye this week, as he has Deshaun Watson, Mark Ingram, Hollywood Brown, Justin Tucker, Landon Collins, Todd Davis, Ben Roethlisberger, and Duke Johnson. That's a lot. 
Um, so he'd be starting Daniel Jones again at QB, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jalen Richard as his starting running backs. E. Um, and then his flexes would be Tyler Boyd and Marvin Jones uh, versus Michael's flexes and David Montgomery and Sterling Shepard. After this week eight loss, Sleeper has them being five and three. We move on to week nine, projected to beat Jake by two, 143.8 to 141.79. His flexes this week would be Golden Tate and Emmanuel Sanders. Wow. Um, and Jake's flexes would be Richard Perryman and T.Y. Hilton. So Sleeper has him being six and three after week nine. We move into week ten, where he is projected to lose to Ryan, our former runner-up. Uh, this week he loses Ezekiel Elliott, which is probably the reason he's projected to lose. Um, Frank Clark, Tony Pollard, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Ingram. So he's hit a little hard by the buys by starters this week. He'd start Ben Roethlisberger according to Sleeper this week, and his flexes would be Brandon Ayuk and Tyler Boyd. While Ryan's flexes are Kenyon Drake and DJ Chark. So after this 13.7 point loss, Steve would be 6-4. In week 11, um, Spaceballs is projected to beat me by 5.1 points, although I don't have a kicker that week. Um, in the flex spots, Steve has Emmanuel Sanders and Marvin Jones, while I have Christian Kirk and Sammy Watkins. Spaceballs, this is the week that he has eight guys on by yet is still projected to beat me although I don't have a kicker so that could change uh, he is without Allen Robinson, George Kittle Golden Tate, Daniel Jones Mitchell Trash Biscay Brandon Ayuk, Quinnen Williams and Kyle Fuller so after week 11 Sleeper is projected Spaceballs to be 7 and 4 we move into week 12 where Spaceballs is projected to be beaten by my co-host Logan by 20.1, 180.7 to 160.61. Spaceballs would have Hollywood Brown and Marvin Jones in the flex spots, where Logan would have AJ Green and Jamison Crowder uh, in his flex spots. Still stupid that the NFL doesn't have a Week 12 bye, but Spaceballs would lose by 20 and move his record down to 7 and 5. Then we move into the final week of the year where Spaceballs would be without two linebackers in Devin White and Tahir Whitehead. And it's projected to lose to Will by 24.4, 163.1 to 138.7, bringing his final record to 7-6. and six. He would once again have Golden Tate and Hollywood Brown in his flex spots while Will has James White and Jordan Howard. At 7-6 record, he's right on the cusp of whether he'd be in the playoffs or not. I think he, that would make him a playoff team. And I have him projected to go 8-5 and five on the year. I think that he could equal the success that Rowdy had last year, and we will see what would happen with that. What about you? I think I have it right around the sleeper spot. I think there's one or two that could be uh, swayed with kickers either in or out of the lineup. Uh, I think 7-6 and six is a pretty fair record for his team. We are going to be back next week to talk about Justin's team breakdown, a.k.a. the kick is gold. We'll see you next time.
gonna steal your ass. 